doing, you know how you got things out there, how you can fish my the crown on. But if you keep getting your back to get stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll 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 Together. 
Uh, we are a little short this morning. We've got uh, a number away from us. Uh, they're in Tennessee this morning. Uh, and, be, and they will be there through Wednesday. Uh, so they're on campaign. And so uh, just keep those in your prayers. So we have a, a pretty good number out on that. So uh, just remember those in your prayer. Also, if you, did, if you didn't, please pick up a bulletin so you can keep up with what's going on. Uh, here at Midway and, and those that are sick shut in and, and those on our uh, list that we need to pray for. Uh, so make sure you pick up that bulletin. Uh, if you have a, a device on you this morning, cell phone or any other device, please silence those at this time so uh, we can uh, worship accordingly this morning. Uh, the order of our worship, uh, Brother Ben Lawler will uh, open us up in prayer. Ronnie Mullinax will lead us in our congregational singing. Uh, Mike Wolf will bring, in the, bring us the lesson of the hour, and then at the close of our service, Brother Randy Wood will close us uh, to, to finish us up. Uh, so we're going to enter into our worship right now. Would you join me in prayer? Our righteous Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you've allowed us to see another day of life. Father, we're thankful for the blessings that's in this life. We're thankful for our friends. We're thankful for our families. Father, we're thankful for our parents, our wives, our children. Father, we have so many things to be thankful for, and that's all because of you. Father, we're thankful for this nation in which we live in. We're thankful that we have the freedoms we have to assemble and worship. Father, we know these freedoms are under attack and we pray that they'll never be taken away. Father, we pray for this nation. We pray for this nation because they have rejected you. They have rejected your word. They have rejected your son. Father, we pray that this nation will return to the values which made us great. We pray that we will return to the values of respecting you, loving you, looking to you for guidance. Father, we're mindful of ones who are sick in this community. We're mindful of Blake Sheffield. Well, Father, we pray for Joanne Parker as she will undergo hip surgery. Father, we're mindful of Julia Severt, Mary Kyle, and Otherns. Father, we're mindful of Amber Gillen. We pray this. She undergoes treatments at UAB. It will help her, help her lungs, help her breathe. Father, we're mindful of the Bill Key family. We pray that you'll comfort his family in this time. We pray that they, in the days to come when the lonely sits in, that they will look to you. Father, we're mindful of the ones who are in Tennessee at this time campaigning. Father, we're thankful for the community in which they're, in which they're working. Father, we pray many doors will be open and many souls will be saved. Father, we're thankful for the church that meets here at Midway. We're thankful for the families which, that are represented. Father, we're thankful for the senior saints we have here. We're thankful for the lessons they teach. We're thankful for the righteousness. We're thankful for their examples. Father, we're thankful for the youth. Father, we pray that as we raise the youth, we will raise them in a way that they will be God-fearing, God-respecting, God-loving citizens. Father, we pray that we'll never tire of working in your kingdom. And all these things we ask. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen.
you would, each one of you, every one of you, turn in your Bibles to Genesis 1, chapter 1. Now, I have on the screen here a condensed version of chapter 1 that I'm going to very quickly read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And now I'm going to condense it. The evening and the morning was the first day. The evening and there was morning the second day. Evening and there was morning the third day. Evening and there was morning the fourth day. Evening and there was morning the fifth day. And it was good evening and morning was the sixth day. That's God's message to us of His creation. Now, I've got a question I want to ask each one of us. And I want each one of us to think very, very solemnly about it. And answer within ourselves and be extremely honest with ourselves. A question, and here's the question. Do I choose to firmly believe and am I comfortable with the creation as written. In the book of Genesis, wherein God affirms that He created the earth, Adam and Eve, in six 24 days. Six 24-hour days. So, God gave us His account of the creation. Now I want each one of us to think within ourselves, do I firmly believe what I read in Genesis 1? Am I comfortable with the way it's written and what I read there? Have I chosen to believe it as it's written? Or am I just a little bit uncomfortable with what it says? Now there are a group of people who has already done that. And that's our children. See, our children are choosing and have chosen. What have they chosen? They've chosen billions of years over the six-day creation. They've chosen local floods over Noah's floods. Flood, excuse me. They have chosen. They have chosen an old earth theory, and not a Bible story. I'll talk about that in a minute. And the bottom line is, is that our children today, and in over the last few years, have chosen science and not God. They've chosen. Science. They have chosen what they have heard about science over God's Word. 
They have chosen what they see in the earth around them, the science of the earth, over what they hear about God. Now look at something here. Here are some surveys that were made. America's research group reported this in the survey they made. Two-thirds of the young people are leaving the church before they reach college. Now these numbers are not confined to the members of the Church of Christ. They are, quote, Christianity in this nation. Another survey, Campus Renewal of Austin, Texas, reported 60 to 80 percent of our children are choosing science over God because they're leaving the church in droves. So the question has to be asked, why? Why are we losing two-thirds of our youth today? Well, there's a group that's called Barna Research Group. They are a reputable group that did a survey. And this survey that they did was aimed at why do our young people leave the faith? Now, look at this. There, are tw- there were 22,000 adults, 2,000 teenagers in 25 separate surveys. So this is not just a small, isolated this survey. This is a tremendous undertaking that these folks charged themselves with. But what turned out? How did it turn out? Here's what the results of this survey that they asked those adults and those children or teenagers who had left their belief, who had left the church. Here is what they responded. 11% lost their faith and left the church during college. Somewhere around 90% lost their faith in middle school and high school. Somewhere around 40% lost their faith during elementary and middle school. Now what is that telling us? We're losing them early. It's not when they get to the college level. They, we are losing these kids early. Well, let's go on down in, in the Barna research. Part of that research showed this, that our youth are denying the Bible is accurate because. Let's look at these reasons. said Bible accounts were written by men. 18% said the Bible was not translated correctly. 15% said the Bible contradicts itself. 14% said science shows the world is old. Revolution. 7% said there's so much suffering in the world. 4% said Christians do not live by the Bible. 4% said evolution proves 
the Bible is wrong. Now look at this, what I have highlighted in the brown color up here. What that's saying to us is, of those children who left Christianity, 82% of them doubt the authority of the Bible. Now that's what these answers are saying. The kids have spoken, folks. They have said what's wrong. They have told us why they are leaving. Well, let's carry this just a bit further. Seventy-seven percent don't believe the age of the earth is a young age. Seventy-five percent of them believe Noah's ark and the and the and the flood was correct. Sixty-two percent believe Adam and Eve were in the garden. Sixty percent believe the Tower of the Babel. That sounds like we're doing a pretty good job of teaching these youngins, doesn't it? But now look at this last one. This is astonishing. Only twenty percent believe in Genesis. Believe in the account of the creation. In other words, that this is a young earth. They do not believe that God created this earth in six days. Now here's what it comes down to. Again, only 20%. You see what that saying is? Our youth, our youth just don't believe in the creation account as it is recorded in Genesis. Now look at this qualifier on this little drop down up here. They don't believe in the creation account as it is recorded in Genesis 1. So what is this all telling us now? Well, folks, here it is. And the survey said that doubt in the creation as recorded in Genesis is the leading cause of our youth doubting biblical authority, God's authority, and for leaving the faith. People are children have spoken. They were asked and they spoke. And they told us why they're leaving, why two-thirds of them are leaving the church. They do not believe in God's creation of the six days. Now, you may say, why would that one event be such a cause? 
Well, folks, if that one event is not correct, then there is nothing in the Bible that we can hang our hat on. And there are a couple other reasons too. So why? Why is it that these young people believe or do not believe in the creation? Well, I'm going to give you three reasons why they probably don't feel in that they believe the creation. Number one, because they're under constant bombardment of evolution in the schools and pretty much everywhere. We know that. That's nothing new to us. That's something we probably already had picked up on and we already knew and believed. But now look at the second one. Compromise teaching in Christianity regarding the creation account in Genesis. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that for the rest of this time and for the Bible school hour too. What is our young people hearing out of, quote, Christianity today about the creation? The third thing is, of course, is they've had, they've been doubting this for years. The compromise that they have been hearing from too many of those in Christianity, plus the bombardment that they hear from the secular world in their marketing of evolution, it's been going on for a long time. It's been going on all their lives, and they've been influenced by it. And there's nothing we can do about the first one. Very little that we can do about the, about the third one. But the second one, we've got control of it if we understand it and react to it. So, where did our children learn to compromise the creation? and to fall into what's commonly referred to as theistic evolution. And we'll say a little bit about that. Where did they, where did they hear these things? Well, let's look at it. What have they been hearing in the schools? That the universe began with a big bang theory 15 billion years ago. That the stars formed 10 billion years ago. The earth was formed four and a half billion years ago, that water formed on the earth 3.8 billion years ago, and that life formed from non-life over millions of years, and that life then evolved to fish, to amphibians, to birds, to mammals, to ape-like creatures, and then to man. We've all heard this. And last and certainly not least, that not sufficient time for an old earth science with the creation account. And two-thirds of our folks are buying into this, are believing it. Why? Why are they believing it? Well, let's look at something here. Let's look at their early teaching in the churches. Oh, what, have we, what have we done? 
Creation and other biblical accounts are taught as Bible stories through visual, cartoon-like media. Much like Winnie the Pooh, Harry Potter, Potter. Now let me say this right here. I am not in any form or fashion criticizing our Bible school teachers. I would not do that. They deserve all the respect that we can give them because of the time and effort that they've put in for years in teaching these kids. The problem is they have been given the wrong scenario in our day and time age to teach these kids. Obviously, they are being listened to because of our children's belief in all of those other events that was named in the, in the, the survey. But it's been presented to them as a story. Now think about this, the slogan. A picture's worth a thousand words. Well, what does a child remember when they get up into their teenage? Do they remember the creation as in the flood as a fable, fiction, just a story, or as history? How do they remember the creation account that's taught to them? Is it as a historical fact? Or is it as some kind of story? Again, I'm not criticizing our Bible school teachers. My hat's off to them for the efforts they put in. They were just given the wrong scenario in this day and age, in the last 20 years. See, the word story promotes the idea of fiction. Anything but real history. And our teens, hey, they're immature. Sometimes they don't think like they ought to, but they are intelligent. They're just as intelligent or more so than we as adults. And what they do is they see what I'm going to call here the observational science. And we're going to discuss that a little bit later. They see the observational science in their world, which is true. It's God's science, really. And they conclude all science must be true. If they see this science in the world, the observational part of it, and again, we're going to look at this, and it's true. Well, these evolutionists and old earth folks, they are promoting their doctrine as science. And our kids are getting the two mixed up. And their choices is this. They got the choice of the stories of creation or they got the, story, they got the choice of real science. Now notice something. I put a question mark behind real science up here for a purpose. They can either believe the stories of creation or they can believe 
the real science as it is marketed by the evolutionists on evolution and the old earth. Because they're bombarded with both. Now, and here is the problem. Many, that's Christians now, what we're talking about, many of them teach this compromise doctrine. What is, what am I talking about here? And you know what I'm talking about, I think. They, they teach a gap of a million years between the first two chapters, or the first two verses of chapter 1 in Genesis. They teach there's a gap between verses 1 and 2. They teach that the length of the Genesis days is unknown or unlimited. Or, and, they teach that Genesis is a symbolic language, not historical, which allows the time frame to be unknown or unlimited. They teach that God created Adam and Eve through the evolution. They teach that Genesis is not about origins or beginnings. It's just, it's just a symbolic time within evolution. And they teach Adam and Eve are not real people. Now, folks, this is what this is what we in Christianity today are teaching. The evolutionists are not going to teach that because they don't believe in God. So it's coming out of so-called Christianity. Here's what they're teaching. Let it be evolution. Or let there be evolution. I didn't read it when I read the first chapter in uh, Genesis earlier. But every day starts out with let there be. And these folks in their teaching are saying, God said, let there be Evolution. Let life start with globules from somewhere. Now, who's teaching this? Well, we've got to be honest with ourselves. If we're going to, if we're going to try to save their youth, we've got to be honest. It's Christian parents. It's Christian Bible school teachers. It's Christian leaders. It's Christian colleges. Because this is a fact. It's certainly not the evolutionists because they don't believe in God. So it's not them. Well, we've got to ask ourselves this. Why? Why is this compromise teaching being taught? And here's some replies that will explain why it's being taught. I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible is God's Word, but I also believe science. Question mark after science, by the way. Here's another quote. Too many smart people, professors, scientists, philosophers believe in evolution and the old earth. Therefore, I believe there must be some truth in their teaching. They're too smart to teach anything else. That's what people believe. Another one. 
I don't see how six days of creation fits into an old earth. I believe the old earth science. In other words, I believe what the evolution is teaching, that this world is billions of years old. And here's the crux of the matter, okay? I don't want controversy between my faith in God and the scientific evidence I see all around me. I want God to fit into science. See, our youth are smart or intelligent. Our adults today are intelligent. They can see God's science around them. They can see this observational science. And they start thinking. Science is true. So maybe the Genesis creation account is symbolic or something else. Maybe it is more than six days. And if we summarize these statements... Here's what they're really saying. I want the creation and flood accounts to fit into the science of an old earth. Another way is, I want desperately for God to fit into science. And the reality of what they're saying is this. I have more faith in science then I do God's word. Where does that leave God's authority? You say, well, there's probably not that many like that. But here's what the Gallup poll came up with in, 19, in 2012. Roughly one-third of Americans believe in a compromised creation account. Is it a big problem? If one third of our population and two thirds of our children are leaving school or leaving the uh, church, yes, it's a problem. Well, you see this compromised, this compromi compromised theory is comfort food to people. People want to feel good. People want to feel good about their Christianity. want to feel good about their belief with the knowledge that they have of science they see around them. And they want the two to mesh. In reality, they do mesh. And we're going to talk about that in the next hour. They do mesh. But with the science, quote, science, that the evolutionists are teaching, it sounds like that it is science itself. And our youth, our confusion, the science that they teach with the real science that God put on this earth. I'm just trying to decide how much of this I want to skip to get the time in.
What is so confident about this? Real quickly. What is so comfortable about this compromised teaching? Well, the gap theory allows millions of years. The 24-hour day allows millions of years. Figurative language allows millions of years. And that gives them time for the creation account and the flood to be true and evolution too. And it feels good. It gives sufficient time for an old earth and evolution. It gives sufficient time if Adam and Eve is evolved and and not created, it gives sufficient time for that old earth and evolution. Then your Genesis count, if it's not if it's not limited to twenty four hours days, then it feels good because there's enough time in there for evolution. And if Adam and Eve were symbolic then they're just two people that's talked about in the process of evolution. Well, what happens to here in this kind of teaching? What is it doing? It's undermining God's authority. It's undermining biblical authority. And it is a complete disregard and utter disrespect and refudiation of the foundation of God's Word and God's authority. That's how bad it is. If the creation account is not as it says it is, as it is written, how can we believe in Christ? How can we believe in the resurrection? How can we believe in heaven? If we can't believe the creation account, then we can't believe anything else that God has written to us. And again, our children are intelligent. They see the contradiction in these so-called Bible stories and the compromised teaching of the theistic evolution. They see that contradiction in those and really the teachings regarding our faith. They can see that contradiction because they are intelligent. But yet, one third of our population is teaching it. And it abdicates all the authority of God. So, Let's look at summarize this just a minute. This compromise creation that we in the church are teaching, that one third of this nation believes in, it's a damnable doctrine. And two-thirds of our youth are telling us, now listen to what I said there, two-thirds of our youth are telling us when they were surveyed 
Why are you leaving the church? Do you believe in creation? And two-thirds of them told us it's the primary reason they're exchanging their belief in God for a belief in science. Now do not, please do not miss the fact that out of this huge survey of those teens and adults who had left the church, the primary reason that they had not left the church was they do not believe in the creation account. And the people that are teaching that are doing it for comfort because they want their science and they want their religion, their belief in God, they want those two to fit together. And with real science, observational science, It fits perfectly with God's Word. But the science that the evolutionists and the long older folks are teaching is a different, quote, science. And what the science that I see in this world, the science that our children see in this world, the observational part of it, that's God's science. He put it here. That science complements God's Word. But that is not the science that they are hearing from these theistic evolution and teaching or this compromise teaching where they're trying to get God's Word to fit in with the science. What our youth is seeing is not the same science as the youth that they hear from these theistic evolution or from this compromised evolution. Now I know I've left a lot open-ended, but we're going, we're going to continue with this in the Bible school hour. What is the difference in this real science, observational science, that is true that God created himself, the science we see, as opposed to the, quote, science that the evolutionists are teaching. Because the science they're teaching is not the science that our youth are seeing and pressing them to try to get science and God together. So we're going to look at what is this science? Well, uh, time's up. We'll pick it up in the next hour. But we have, an, we have an opportunity now for those that may have some need to 
for the church to help them. For those that are struggling with some problem, you have a chance now to have some assistance in those problems as we, uh, as we stand and sing this invitation song. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His graces? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the sending your son, our Savior, to die on the cross of Calvary. We know, Father, that he suffered a very painful, agonizing death. And help us to remember him, remember his death, burial, and resurrection. Help us, Father, partake of this bread that represents his body in a manner well-pleasing unto you. In Christ's name, amen. Father, again we approach your throne. Thank you for this fruit of the vine that represents the blood of our Savior. May we also partake of it in a manner well pleasing unto you in Christ's name. Amen.
Father, we're thankful that we were able to make gain. We're thankful, thankful, Father, for our incomes. And Father, we have all of you to thank for that. We're nothing without you. <clears throat> and we know, Father, that everything we have belongs to you. May we give back cheerfully for the work of the Lord. We can go out and lead others to you. In the name of your Son, amen. Thank you, Brother Mike. Uh, great lesson. Fantastic. Much needed. Uh, so thankful for your preparation and study on that. So thank you. Looking forward for the Bible class hour to, to hear the rest of that. Uh, if you are visiting again, thank you for your presence. Uh, we're so thankful that you chose Midway, and we invite you back at any opportunity that you might have. Please stick around. Um, at the close today so we can get to know you and introduce ourselves and have some good fellowship with one another. Just so thankful that, that you're here. Uh, keep all those that are, that are mentioned in our bulletin. Please keep them in your prayers. We have some that are sick, some that are, have gone back in for um, other, you know, some tests and other things that are going on. So uh, remember those in your prayers and also remember those that are going on campaign. That are, some are going, some are coming back, so they're traveling. So uh, please, please keep those in your prayer and just pray that that uh, campaign will be fruitful and uh, that we can expand the kingdom. Uh, be sure to join us this afternoon virtually at 5 o'clock for our evening worship. That will be virtually. And then also again here at the building on Wednesday at 6.30. That will be our midweek Bible study. Um, we will also be having Bible class as soon as we dismiss here. So make sure to stick around and, and uh, go to that Bible class and and so we can finish, finish out the day. And, and uh, is there any other announcements that need to be made at this time? If not, just continue to, to search out ways to spread the gospel. And then uh, Brother Ronnie Molinax will lead us in one song. And then uh, Brother Randy Wood will close us at the end of our service.
Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the privilege and opportunity that we've been given to come out and worship Thee. We pray, Father, this privilege will always be ours to have. Father, we pray that our worship has been pleasing and acceptable in Thy sight. We're so thankful for the good lesson that Brother Mike presented this morning. We pray that we will take it to heart, that we will encourage others, encourage our youth, encourage all. We pray for the church the wide world over. We pray that it may grow in number and in spirit also. We pray, Father, for all those that are sick. Be with those doctors and nurses that are taking care of them. Help us, Father, in our day-to-day walk to always put you first. For us in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
In these surveys that I brought up, there was a sad part about it, and then there was a bright spot about those. The sad part, of course, was this, is that we are losing two-thirds of our youth. But the bright spot is, is that these surveys were happened to be one of those that told us what the problem was that give us a hard target to look at to try to help fix the problem that we now find ourselves in. And that is, is that it was pretty clear coming out of those surveys that our youth, their main problem right now is they just don't believe in the creation as it's written in Genesis 1. Now that just seems, it's just hard to, to conceive that that, that that one example or that one instance could affect our children that much. The folks, they have spoken. They were asked and they were told and they told us just what their problem was. And I think a lot of us, including myself, was a little bit surprised to some degree. Of course, I think we all know that disrespect for God's Word is the whole problem in this, in this nation today. But, back to the subject. I talked about compromise and uh, the compromising of our faith and the science that we hear. Well, the question is, is what science is it? What science is it that our kids are looking at that makes them want to believe that their belief in the creation is not correct or what they have been taught in the creation is not correct? So, what science is it now that our children are seeing and what we as two-thirds of the adults or a third of the adults in this country are looking at that gives them an impression that science and God's Word just don't mix, don't fit each other? Well, when we look at this thing, is it, let me ask you this. Is it this statement, is it true or false? Science is science is science.
And when you pull back through the curtains and all, the, the answer is no, no, a thousand times no. They're not. The, it's not the same. So, what is the science our people are seeing, our young people are seeing around them, our older folks are seeing around them, and the science that the theistic evolutionists are teaching? Well, let's look at something here. When we look at this evolutionary science, it's made up of two distinct sciences, okay? Number one is the observational science, and that is what is existing around us in the present time, today. That's the science that we can see, we can feel, we can measure it, we can evaluate it, we can test it, we can retest it. That's what observational science is. But what we see, though, in this compromised teaching or the evolutionist teaching is, is there is a second science that they add to that, and it's called a historical science. What happened in the history? But look at this. For them to do what they're doing, all what they're doing is this. They are utilizing... Or they are interpreting the observational evidence that exists, that is existing in the present to predict past events. Now watch this. Our kids are seeing this observational science. They're seeing the chemistry, the oceanography, the geography, the archaeology. They see all of that. And they're intelligent. And what they're seeing is what is called observational science. It can be seen, it can be touched, it can be tested, examined, retested, calibrated, all those things. But what the evolutionists are doing... They are taking that evidence and they're using it to interpret what might have happened in the past. So their science, as they call it, is two sciences put together. If this historical thing is a science, if it is a science, but they call it a science and they market it as such. So let's look at this now and see if we can get a better understanding of what these two sciences are. The secular science, scientist, he talks in billions of years. He takes the observational science that is present today and then he does something with it. Well, let's look at the creation scientist. That creation sciences does this. He takes observational evidence to start his teaching out. But now look at this and notice this. This is extremely important. Both of them are using evidence present today. They are using the same observational evidence 
that we see today. The creationist is not using a, one set of evidence and the evolutionist using their secular evidence using another set of evidence to base their historical thing on. No. They are both using the same facts and the same evidence. So let's make sure we understand that as we listen to what these folks have to say to us. Both are using observational, the same exact observational evidence. Then, the secular man, he will add his historical interpretation to that, to the observational evidence that he gets. The creation scientist does the same thing. He takes his observational evidence and he puts it into his, his historical interpretation. Well, what's the difference? Well, the secular scientist, the evolution scientist, whatever you want to call him, he assumes that the past is the same as the present. Whatever's going on today has gone on from the, whatever the beginning was. Nothing changed. The creation scientist, however, he uses the fact or assumption, whatever you want to call it. He uses, we'll say fact at this point in time, he uses the fact that there may have been catastrophic events that happened in the past that would change this observational evidence that both of them use. So the big difference now is the secular evolutionist folks, there is nothing happened in the past that would change. That's, there's nothing happened in the past that's not happening now. So there is nothing happened that changed our way of calculating what happened in the past. But the creation scientist, he says, there could have been catastrophic events. And we're talking about the flood here, okay? So, the, the secular man, he rejects the fact that there may have been catastrophic events that would have changed the evidence that we see today. Nothing happened between now and when everything started. And if there are or were any eyewitnesses, then he is saying they either are not credible or they didn't exist. But on the other side, the creation man, he says, I will listen to eyewitness testimony if there is any. And the creation man said, yes, there was one eyewitness, God, and I am going to give credibility to his testimony of any unusual events or catastrophic events that would have changed this earth science that we see today. There's your difference. Again, what our young folks are seeing is what's in brown up here. The observational evidence that is all around us 
That is God's science. God set those natural laws into effect. Set that natural science into effect. And that's what they're seeing. But they are hearing something entirely different. They are hearing that this historical interpretations and observational evidence are the same science as they see in their world around them. Uh, let's see if we can give you an example of what we're talking about. Let's take a forensic science forever, uh, for instance. When a forensic science visits a murder scene, okay, the only evidence that he can consider is what is present at the scene that day. Evidence that he can examine and test and retest and can observe. The only thing, evidence that he's got, is what is actually on the scene at the time he's there. But he cannot examine any unknown evidence that is not present at that scene. And that's extremely important. Because the evidence that's not at that scene where this forensic scientist, where he's at, the only evidence that he cannot examine is what's not there. But yet the evolutionists say that that's can. See, he can only study the evidence at present on the scene to interpret what may have in what happened in the past. If that forensic scientist wants to find out who who committed a murder. The only thing he can really examine is what's there at there with him. And he can use it to try to interpret the results of it to determine who killed him. Now look at Well, I got that thing turned upside down. What is uh, uh, observational scientific evidence? It's the evidence that's present on the site at the time. Today. Here today. So let's look at forensic scientists one and two. Scientist number one, he looks at the blood, the body, the blood, the shell casings, the footprint, the hand, uh, nail scrapings, whatever's available. That's what he looks at. Well, scientist number two over here, he looks at exactly the same facts, exactly the same evidence. Now, scientist number one, he's, he's going to try, he's going to add some historical interpretations. And what was mean by that? Well, he took the liver temperature of those folks, of whoever it was, turned out 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I don't know if that's realistic or not, but let's just say it is. Turned out to be 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, based on some of the things he knows, he assumes that no significant event, nothing significant happened to that body between the time it was killed 
and the day that he's examining the evidence. He also has no eyewitness. And he turns the time of death up 24 hours ago. Well, now scientist number two. His, his, his historical interpretation. He takes the same temperature of the liver and it turns out exactly the same 80 degrees Fahrenheit as scientist number one. Nothing different so far, are they? But now this scientist, he discovers an eyewitness who has a testimony to give about it. And the testimony that he gives is, I saw the body placed in a chiller for 12 hours after the death. Well, he puts his time of death 12 hours ago. Why the difference? Why this huge difference in time between one scientist number one and number two? Because number two knew something that happened that number one refused to listen to. And that was the eyewitness account. That's how the that's how the differences come up between the old age folks or the old earth folks. Come up between the old earth folks and the creationists. One considers that something may have happened between the beginning and, the, and, then, and the present day. The other just seems no, nothing did happen. Now again, both use the same scientific data, scientific facts that they could, that was present on the day that they did their analysis. But when they added their historical interpretations back to them, then there was a world of difference. And you add the two together. That's what they're calling the evolutionist science. So, that's the difference in between the two. I need to hurry. Where's the big difference? Big difference is, is the secular sciences, he refused to use any eyewitness testimony that was given of any catastrophic event in the historical science. And really, we're talking about the flood, the global flood here. That's one reason they try to make it a bunch of local floods. Second thing is that he refuses to acknowledge any facts, any evidence telling them the prior, the telling them that. But why? Why is it that they won't accept God's testimony? It's pride, money, pure respect. Now look at this uh, example up here. Remember, our youth has told us. They've spoken. 
You see, the old earth science is the historical science and the observational science together. And that historical science is an unexaminable interpretation. While on the other hand, the creation scientist, he uses God's eyewitness, the observational, and the historical. He puts them all three together. Now here's what I want us to look at. Whoop. Larry, can you run that back one slide, please, sir? If I do that, I'll get it going every which way. Yeah. Look at this old earth science. It is the public product that is marketed by the evolutionists. It is their observational science. It is their historical, quote, science, their evaluation. But now what, our, what is it our kids are seeing out here that they're trying to make fit into the Bible story? See, they're seeing just the observational science. And what... They're, what they're seeing, the science they're seeing, is just this observational science. The science they're hearing out of the evolutionist is the historical science and the observational science. See, they're not seeing and hearing the same thing. So when they hear this this evolutionary science it don't fit the creation and they really haven't been taught that as history in reality so they're taking what they see in the science around them and they're equating it to what they hear from the evolutionists. And they are not the same thing. See, science is science is science is not true. See, they have told us. They've spoken. And that's the idea I'm trying to get across today. The youth have told us. I don't believe the creation account because I see what science is around me. And they're being confused by the science that the evolutionists, the word that they're teaching them. So what's happening? These people that teach this theistic evolution or the compromise teaching, see, they're taking the observational science, which everybody agrees on, and they're trying to make the Genesis account, or God's Word, fit around this historical interpretation of the evolution. They're trying to take something that is real and true and try to make it fit an interpretation. Remember Revelation 22, 19? And if any man shall take away or add to. So what's the solution? 
This is what we really need to talk about. What's the solution? We need, as a church, to aim our cannon fire somewhere else. See, because where we've been aiming is at the symptoms, drugs, homosexuality, abortion, gay marriage, morality. Those are all bad. We need to teach them. But we're teaching about the symptoms. See, it's the symptoms of a deadly. So, our cannon fire ought to be aimed at the cause. What's really causing these folks to leave the church? See, now listen. If you don't hear anything else today, Hear this. Our children have told us why they're leaving the faith. It ain't speculation from me or anybody else. It is their testimony as to why they're leaving. And they clearly said it. It's my lack of faith in God's authority and biblical authority. Now, are we going to listen to them? Are we going to listen to what they're telling us? Now that they've spoken, where am I going to aim my cannon fire now? Here's the thing that uh, come out of answers in Genesis, and it is so descriptive. Look at the right side up here. The problem is, where is the cannon fire added or aimed in the Christianity today? Well, you got one asleep. You got one firing out nowhere. You got one it is firing at the symptoms. And you got one that's firing at the foundation of God's word, and that's his authority. But yet, look on the other side. Everything that comes out of this group of evolutionists, long earth folks, are fired at the foundation of the church, God's authority. You just think about it. Everything they fire at us is at God's authority. They don't fire at these other things up here, they don't care. But God's authority, they do. How do we fix it? We turn our cannons and we fire at God's authority back at them. Oh yeah, we go ahead and we teach about these other things. We do that. But we concentrate our cannon fire on holding up God's authority. So, what we do? We stop firing at the symptoms so much. We listed those. And we start firing our cannons at the problem. And that's the complete disrespect for God's Word. You see, without God's Word authority, we can talk about social issues, we can talk about Doctrinal issues are all we want to. But if we don't have God's authority, we ain't got nothing to fire at these folks, at these symptoms. We got, we got to address God's authority. How do we do it? More classes on the existence of God. More classes on the first 11 chapters of Genesis. More classes, or teach our classes as historical reality. More classes on biblical evidences. 
no more compromising our beliefs with a pseudoscience. Teach history, not stories. I'm going to skip over that one. Now, our children have spoken. They were asked and they replied. What did they say? What's not the solution? A culturally cool worship service, an exciting worship service, contemporary music, concert. They didn't say anything about those in their survey. Nothing. These are all band-aids on a gaping, gasping wound. And they did not mention any of them. It's time to teach God as the authority and proclaim that in the beginning God created the heavens and earth and after six days God saw it was very good. Here's the gist of the whole thing, folks. Our youth has spoken. We know why they are leaving the church. They have narrowed it down for us on what we need to attack. Any questions? Time to quit, man. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and thank you that you've blessed us so well in this nation and thank you for everything you do for us and pray now that we might concentrate on why we're losing our children. Pray that we might resolve to do what we can about it. And we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen.